Welcome to the Web Monkey Podcast. My name is Jake Spurlock, and today joining me again is Wired engineer Ben Trillin. And oh, for the yeah. first time, uh, Wired staff writer Julia Greenberg, who's on the business team. Hi. Welcome. Um, we have some really fun things to talk about today, uh, notably Apple News and Wired's inclusion in the uh, in the keynote at Worldwide Developers Conference last week. But first off, I guess we should give everybody a second to introduce themselves. Do you want to start, Julia? Who hey, are you? I am a staff writer for Wired Business. I write a lot about the media, tech companies, and the business of how we get news and music and all of that kind of good stuff on the internet. Um, also cover all kinds of cool stuff that's going on in Silicon Valley. Cool. Awesome. Super cool. And Ben, what do you do here? I have returned. Besides doing puzzles, as I, we talked about I extensively t- last week. <laughs> I teach Jake regex. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm just doing engineering. You remember from last week, I talked about the Siphon project I'm working on, which is coming along nicely. Um, yeah. Very cool. And I don't do anything here. Nope. Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. Um, but actually, I do do some work. And <laughs> this last week, uh, a lot of the work that I do came to fruition, which was the Apple News um, announcement, which had some other code name, which I don't think I can release by virtue of an NDA. But um, yeah, so that came out this week. So we want to start off um, like we do every week with the most unpopular and I would argue the most popular segment here on the WebMonkey podcast, which is what did we have for lunch today in the Wired Cafe? Well, let me tell you, Jake, it was delicious. What do we have? <laughs> I mean, you have the email in front of you, I, do, I know, so I you do, might as well yeah. just read it. No, I copied it down and I even put it into a checklist in Trello. So I'd make sure to hit every single item. So we started off with the slow roasted beef brisket <laughs> with the cherry barbecue sauce, uh, a grilled mixed vegetables of mushrooms, tomatoes, peppers, potatoes, and summer squash. Cheddar jalapeno buttermilk biscuits. Oh, those are good. With honey butter. Plus honey butter. Don't forget yeah. the honey butter. <laughs> With the most ideal honey butter serving utensil, which was a spoon. A gigantic <laughs> spoon. I mean, because that's how much honey butter you'll want. <laughs> they know us too well. They really do. They really I kept do. coming back and they were like, oh, I was like, you don't see anything. I'm not here again. <laughs> don't stop looking at me. Yes. I feel like there was a pile that collected on the floor of people just spilling yeah. honey butter. Me. <laughs> I think like 10 seconds in the microwave maybe would have helped soften everything up and like so you could maybe use a knife or something. It was but. fine by the time I went back for thirds. Yeah, so. it's been kind of warm. <laughs> Uh, next up was a caprese salad of heirloom tomatoes, mm. mozzarella, basil, balsamic reduction, and olive oil, sea salt. It was delicious. I added too much balsamic. But I added um, too much salt, and my doctor yeah, said was, I need to stop putting it salt was on really things. really salty. I'm at risk for hypertension. <laughs> TMI. <laughs> <laughs> then we the had alpha. a carrot and radicchio, radicchio salad with pistachios, figs, and lemon cream. And Ben's favorite, <laughs> chocolate mousse tarts with strawberries. I literally, I'm pretty sure I saw them with seven in his hand I ate, one time. I ate like three or four. I gave one to, I, I snuck one to someone else, who, uh, one of our doves who didn't pay for lunch today uh, just so we could try one. I, I was like, are this, I went back and asked the, one of the chefs, Masami, is like, are there li- is there liquor in this? And she's like, no, there was supposed to be, but I didn't put it in there. And I was like, oh, that's how discerning my palate is. I can taste <laughs> what was supposed to be in there. <laughs> what was in the recipe, but didn't yeah. make it into the actual product. Yep. But those were delicious. They were really good. They were kicking ass on dessert. Yeah, and there was a basil lemonade, which was mm-hmm. refreshing. And delicious. So like we do every week, um, we would love to have, uh, we would love to talk about your kitchen. If you're in Soma, if you're in San Francisco, I would love to come to your place of business (laughs) and try lunch somewhere (laughs) and we could talk about it on the WebMonkey podcast. But until we do, we're going to keep talking about it, about our lunch here. That would be an interesting segment if we could just could just compare all the startup kitchens in I, Soma. That's really what I want. Because a lot of people, that is like whenever you interview or there's a I'm recruiter I'm looking at you, Slack, up. GitHub, yeah. Microsoft, <laughs> everybody else that's within like a six block range <laughs> of third in uh, Bryant. Oh, we need to I come up with a clever right. name for that. Oh, yeah. I'll think on that. I'll think yeah. on that. Anyways, so that, that was what we had here at lunch today. All right, so the big news this week, obviously, was Worldwide Developers Conference, Apple's annual event, where they bring in a bunch of developers here to Moscone and San Francisco to hold their annual developer conference. Um, just as an item of follow-up, um, we talked about it. It's kind of been a recurring thing to talk about here on the podcast um, is our live blog implementation. Uh, we did, I mentioned last on the last podcast that we had, it went totally smoothly except on iPhone 6 Pluses, <laughs> which turns out um, is just a few people, but it was a few key people, notably 
one of our editors, the live blog kept crashing on his phone and bringing the entire browser down. And so we, we knew we had to fix some things. We did some really cool things, actually. Um, I mentioned we were using React. React is a really cool JavaScript framework that allows you to uh, re-render based on when your data set changes. So in this case, um, as we get more content, um, as new posts come in for the live blog, we can re-render the page and then display new content. So one of the things that we did that was really kind of cool is we installed this um, component with React called React Infinite. And what it's based on is um, UI lists with an iOS. And it allows you to have, like in essence, an infinite amount of content. And based on your window position, it'll only allow so many no uh, nodes to be loaded into the DOM. So in our case, you only needed to really see about 12 nodes of the live blog at a time. And so as you would scroll, it would, if you were to scroll down on the page, it would load nodes onto the top of the page so you could continually see them. And as you would scroll the opposite way, it would just start plucking nodes off the other end. It was a really, really, really cool way to do the live blog. And it allowed the page weight to stay dramatically lighter because you weren't having to load like 400 different stories all with images and different things onto the page, it could it could just let a, a, a subset of the data show on the page at a certain time, making it way more stable on on many many phones. Does that create like a flash as stuff loads in above and below, or how does so it, it fades in? Kind of so there is a, oh, okay. a class that will um, if you scroll really fast. It was actually like really good at updating the content, mm -hmm. but if you did scroll past, it would fade in. And That's nice. So it's kind of Ajaxy. Yeah, it's kind of Ajaxy, but it's um, but using React and models and, and yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, exactly. So kind of a kind of a cool trick. And so that got around the memory. I mean, I, I'm uh, my guess was that what was cra right. crashing it on certain phones was a certain memory problems, especially because it was uh, so device specific. It must have been yeah. just a certain way memory was being managed on the browser on that type of device or something. Absolutely, yeah. So it was really kind of fun if you would open it up in the browser. And so this we were doing the same thing on desktop too. We did this on desktop and on mobile. But if you would open up the your inspector and look at the DOM tree. It was really cool because nodes would just pop off the top mm -hmm. and then be added to the bottom and then pop off the bottom and be added to the top based on your scrolling direction. It was just like a couple lines of code and we had infinite scroll. And then it just compensates for them disappearing with a padding or how does it? No, it just knocks them How does it, how does oh, it not oh, reset oh, your yeah. scroll then? Yeah, so what it does is you have a container uh, mm -hmm. that has a fixed height. Oh, okay. And so inside of that fixed height, you would have a, like you would have a scroll bar, you know, if... If uh, yeah, overflow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're just setting your uh, height to be set, and then saying your what's the overflow property? It's just overflow, right? Yeah. Well, you can do overflow hidden, overflow auto, yeah, overflow so scroll it's, X. It's overflow yeah. hidden or overflow scroll. Yeah. yeah. So it's just using some fancy nesting divs and, yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah. scroll bars. Cool. Yeah. So in the way that we have our sticky sidebars, it looked like we we lock our sidebar in place on the page and so as as it would scroll it would just naturally fill in and flow just like you would expect so kind of a kind of a neat little trick i think we're going to go and possibly do something different in the future for live blogs yeah um but this was but this was a pretty cool implementation i'm yeah. really definitely a pinnacle i mean i know we had the google io live blog and then we've discovered some issues and then we fixed them for this live blog and yeah well we started out with the apple watch that was mm -hmm. the first one using this new system and then google io and now worldwide developers but we've conference. always been tumblr based so but yeah, it's just the implementation on our site side that yeah, is yeah, yeah. changing yeah this is the new one but overall, I'm pretty happy. We had no complaints, no crashes, no. It, <laughs> it is funny because Apple Live Vlogs their own events now, so you're competing with Apple. I know, yeah. It's like why? So weird. Yeah, why are you live blogging your own event? Yeah, live blog their own event, and they also provide all the like tweetable stuff. They want it all, and they stream it. <laughs> and it's like it's kind of our, it's kind of a, it's kind of silly that we like. And everyone has a live. Blog. Everybody has a yeah. live blog. Everyone. What I really like Crazy. about the Wired Live blog is I live tweeted the live blog specifically <laughs> Brian Barrett. I think his stuff that he can true amazing, so good, Rockstar. so good. It's just hilarious. Maybe we'll put a couple um, snippets of what he what he posted the other day. But I was I was really it's really just fun to read and because everybody's watching it, you know. So like it's I, I like to think that we can add with our Wired voice a little <laughs> bit of a little bit of commentary to it. But yeah, so live stream, their live streams still don't work in Chrome. <laughs> Those 
well, arrogant. Well, when you're Apple, when you're Apple, you can make device and browser specific. Uh, There's some joke people are like, my browser's asking me to install the QuickTime plugin. Is that still a thing? Like, what? What is going on? Seriously. It's like the only time that every year that I open Safari. Yeah. yeah right. So now you can pin tabs, so it's just as good as Chrome, right, guys? Yeah. You can pin. T- you can see what tabs are playing music. It's a whole new browser. It's, it's a whole new browser. On a related note, though. I've been using my laptop this week for some unknown reason to me a lot without a power cord attached to it. Mm-hmm. And Chrome is just the absolute worst at battery management. Oh, well, yeah. And apparently one of the big things that will be out this year and has been really good is Safari for battery management. So if you if do, you look at your process, if you look at your activity monitor, Chrome just demolishes because oh. every single tab is a separate process. All right. So I we are 20 on our time clock here. We're 22 minutes into this recording um it says i i'm at 55 percent, and i wasn't at a full battery when we came in here but yeah i just want to see let's see in 10 minutes where my are battery you using is at chrome or oh yeah of course okay. yeah uh, i didn't realize that i always use chrome and yeah. my battery dies fast well that's why it's so stable because that way because each tab is a separate process if anyone crashes it doesn't bring down the whole browser most browsers if a tab crashes it's going to bring down your whole browser right, which is a nightmare yeah. yeah 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 but you pay for it does everybody know about command shift t Open last close tab. Open last close tab. Yep. And if you have an entire window closed, it'll open yep. all tabs in that I've window. actually installed a tab manager plugin for because I've been <laughs> doing so, so much stuff with the archive. Uh-huh. So I can like load a bunch of archive posts, like 10 of them, and then I can just save that as into this like folder. It essentially uh-huh. saves them as a bookmark folder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can close that window and then reopen them all at once. So you can have like essentially tab working yeah. spaces, kind of like tab candy if you ever used that back yeah. in the day. Well, that was a that was a Safari thing too, like way a long time yeah. ago. A like, lot of browsers used to have it, but it's yeah. faded away. This this plugin's okay. It's not great. Well, see, when I was in college, like, and I got my first twelve inch PowerBook back in the day. This is like circa two thousand four. I remember I would load up all my Apple news sites, you know, Daring mm-hmm. Fireball, unofficial Apple weblog, you know, Mac OS hints, <laughs> Mac rumors, like, Mac rumors, all of those, and I would I had them all in a in a tab. Uh, what do they call the tab folder? Mm-hmm. And then there was a button, and you could say open these all in tabs, and yeah. it would just open up the whole thing. The good old days. Yeah, now people just have a mess of tabs days. everywhere. Absolutely. Um, on a related note to that, do you guys read Dave Pell's next his uh, newsletter? I do. You yeah. Do? yeah, I get it every day. Yeah, he tweeted something the other day. It was it was his tab bar, and it was like every single uh, bookmark was sorry his bookmark bar, and every single bookmark was like a one character thing. So he could have <laughs> his entire so bookmark bar. Oh my god! Be like so he had like 150 like visible links. That's so he just incredible. had to remember which ones were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put a I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, I saw I'll, an even. I mean, this is cooler in its own right. But someone had <laughs> tweeted out like they had like, organized the tab so that it spelled out snake people, which is <laughs> incredible. Um, like the snake L people. being in people being like the LA Times because the logo, uh, right? That showed oh, up. so it, it was in the fav icons. It, it, yeah, it was sna- oh my God. so amazing. We uh, can add that in the show notes yeah, or we should, too. For sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So on to the news of WWDC. Bunch yes. of things released. iOS 9, um, OS X. A lot of X, incremental updates. A lot of incremental like, updates. Like pin tabs in Safari. Yeah, like pin tabs in Safari. Um, New gestures, multitasking an iPad, kind of cool. What I got really excited about was the um, able to use your keyboard as a mouse, basically. Did you guys see this? No, what was that? So, like, on an iPad, you can, if you do two fingers on the keyboard, mm-hmm. it becomes like a text input selector. So, like, let's say you have a, a bunch of paragraphs of text in, like, whatever program you're writing in. You can then use the keyboard, like just your fingers on the keyboard as a way to move the text selector around. Because normally you have to do the oh, press and hold, yeah, okay. you know, and then drag. This you can do all with two fingers mm-hmm. over the keyboard now. I mean, a lot of that, I'm curious to see what's going to happen as they introduce force touch into more and more devices. Because a lot of these UI kind of things that we've become used to with touch, by and large part due to Apple and their totally. devices, is going to change a lot. Yeah. And then I wouldn't be surprised if other hardware manufacturers start implementing force touch equivalent. Absolutely. And on the flip, this is my speculation, but what if there was actually competition for Microsoft Surface? And the people that now, 
my brother-in-law has Microsoft Surface and loves it, mm-hmm. and I think it's totally. I I think they're awesome. Like if they yeah, made an i if they made like an iPad Pro that was your Mac OS computer mm-hmm. on an iPad. That would be awesome. Oh, right? I've always fantasized about getting one of those custom MacBooks where they turn yeah, it into yeah, a yeah. Wacom tablet. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. They're like $1,500 in addition to like the actual yeah, buying yeah, yeah. Of, a, of a MacBook, but oh, they look so nice. So, my thing with this two finger gesture for tech selection, what if at some point in the future, iOS 10 or something, what if they had mouse support? a la Microsoft Surface? I don't know. That's my speculation, and I have nothing to back this up. Yeah. But they're they're paving the way for a like a pointer device, which yeah. in essence is your fingers in the current implementation. Mm-hmm. But a pointer device could be a mouse in some future version yeah. of, of iOS. We'll see. I mean, it's possible that iPads will merge with the new whatever the the one that's not the MacBook Air, the new one that has this the USB USB C. Uh, Marco Arment calls it the MacBook One, but it's really just called the MacBook. The MacBook, yeah. So yeah. I mean, those could yeah. eventually. But I think really the MacBook is just a prototype of what the MacBook Air will become. Yeah. Once it becomes more affordable to build. It that <laughs> once late. there's more than one USB yeah, port. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Need at least two, like the Chrome Pixel. Yeah. You need to be able to charge it and plug in your camera. Well, the the cool thing about the Chrome Pixel is because the USB C is power and output, you can plug it in on either side. Well, the MacBook does the same thing. Genius. Yeah. yeah, but there's only one port. Yeah. So they have that adapter that you can buy that'll add more USB ports. Yeah. But yeah, it's stupid. That'll be a neat day because then you don't have to have like your, your computer can be oriented any which way and you can have plugs yeah. going in. Oh, I'm I think so excited for cool. universal ports. I really like it. Yeah. All right, so the the watch OS though, Ben, this yes. is something that you've been watching carefully. Yep, I am a Pebble. Okay, so I, <laughs> up front, I'm a Pebble supporter. I kickstarted the original Pebble ages ago. I'm still wearing it to this day, even though it's slowly dying. I kickstarted the new Pebble Time, and I'm waiting for that. Um, so I've been very closely watching the Apple Watch stuff. I was waited till Apple Watch made their its debut before backing Pebble Time, uh, and I wasn't quite sold. And everyone knows, like, you should never buy version one of an Apple product. But so, you do buy version one of a Pebble product. Yeah, because it worked out fine the first time. <laughs> the first and only time. Um, <laughs> but I, And also I'd seen some Pebble Time stuff live at Pebble Meetups here. Um, so I've been, But I've been watching Apple closely because it definitely interests me. Um, I think I'll wait till version two and maybe have both. Because I do feel like they definitely serve different niches and needs. I mean, the Pebble's more focused on really simple, discrete actions, information, and battery life. Where the, as the Apple is trying to be a lot more things... Um, which is both good and bad. I mean, they both have their pros and cons. But what they announced about the watch at WWDC really made it much more, in my mind, a much uh, better competitor for the Pebble. First of all, the biggest thing is standalone apps. Um, a wearable device without standalone apps is not a wearable device to me. It's really just a second screen for your phone. Um, and I don't always have my phone on me and or want to have it on me, which is why I like having a wearable, a watch. That's the whole point. Yeah. And you leave your phone at home when you go to the club, right? No, but I mean, if I leave it somewhere and, you know, I'm away from it, like I can still use on my Pebble, I can still use, you know, all my apps. Like there's very, I can still use my authentic, Authenticator app for Google 2Auth, which is the one I use the most, most, <laughs> Auth, 2Auth. Uh-huh. Um, I use that one the most and I can still use that even if I'm not connected to my watch or my phone. If my phone dies, I don't want my Pebble, my watch to be useless mm-hmm. um, and vice versa. So it's good to see that. Um, We'll see what kind of stuff developers do with it. I mean, they also announced a lot better API support, so devs will be able to tap into the mic, the Force Touch, video and music, play lap pack. The health stuff is... Digital Crown, too? Well, yeah, the UI stuff, yeah. I mean, the Digital Crown, that is one of the big differentiating factors between the two, of course, Um, besides the the battery life and the, the screen quality. Yeah. Um, health, I think, will be really interesting. That Apple's opening up health a little bit. Yeah, it was actually kind of really surprising because I do have an Apple Watch, and I was surprised, like when I went running with it with the first time, and I was using the Nike app or something, mm-hmm. which does support heart rate for like different like chest bands and stuff like that, but not via the Apple Watch. And I was like, hmm. wait, what? Yeah. But it's because they're limited API access yep. away from that because they're you know they're just waiting for. V2, which we're at now. So, yeah, I'm super excited for that. Too. And that's, that is also the biggest downside of being a, a iPhone user with a Pebble because there's a lot of features that Pebble has on Android that they just can't implement on yeah. iOS because I, Apple closes down their APIs so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I know from working just in app development for iPhone, there's a lot of times you're like, oh, I wish I could do this thing, but you can't tap into it. So, for instance, I was talking to someone the other night who's uh, had a brother who switched from Android to iOS and he was used to being able to, he had an app that would allow him to record phone calls 
so we could keep them for later reference, I guess, for legal reasons or something, business calls. And just there's no way you can do that on iOS. Sure. It's just physically impossible. Um, so that is one of the, I mean, that's what, kind of what you pay for for Apple's higher security and more restricted app store with better quality apps. You pay for it in flexibility. Um, but yeah, a lot of the watch stuff is really interesting to me. Widgets, I mean, you still can't do Apple, you can't still can't do custom watch faces, right? Like developers can't create custom <coughs> watch faces. Yeah, no custom watch faces, but you can do... But um, now they introduced widgets. Well, not widgets, they call them complications. Complications, yeah. Because these are watches, Those are watch these are high-end watches, yeah. and it's called a complication on a watch. So that will give you more like utility into your uh Well, if you need to see face. what the charge is on your Volkswagen. Yeah, on your... $1,000, multi-thousand dollar electric car. Um, but other things are interesting, like the temperature, being able to temp- add temperature or, you know, stock well, prices. I, like the temperature, so let me sidebar this for a second. So uh, Friday through Monday is the hottest it's been <laughs> here in the Bay Area all year. The this is going to be Jake's hot house update. Hottest weekend Wait, to date. All year? Yeah, well, to date. Like, it's it's been the hottest weekend to I didn't realize that. Yeah, well, in San Francisco, it, it hasn't been hot. so bad. Yeah, it's not. My house, my house in... I live in the East Bay. My house in Concord was 107 <laughs> degrees on Sunday, which is awesome because Friday is when my air conditioning stopped working. <laughs> and like it's nobody in the Bay Area has air conditioning yeah. except for people in the on the other side of the hills of the East Bay, which is where I live, because it gets pretty damn hot. Yep. And so what I am so excited for as a complication is a little <laughs> complication that tells me both the outside temperature of my house and also the inside temperature via my Nest thermostat. Mm. So I want to. That would be cool. I do have a Nest. Huh. They so, didn't. They did announce a lot of smart home integration <clears throat> as well. And so my concern is with the smart home integration and with watch complications is um, Nest is owned by Google, and so um. the HomeKit stuff, which Apple announced, mm-hmm. yeah. um, Nest hasn't been announced as a partner with that, yeah. likely because of their ownership. By Google, and so I'm a little similar to what happens to Pebble when they get just kind of shut out API wise. Well, I, and I don't think it's, I don't think they're being shut out. I think it's Google making a stand and saying, we're we're either going to go all in on Google's version of HomeKit. Do you know what it's called? I can't I remember. Don't know. I can't remember what it's called. They announced it at um, I/O a couple weeks ago. Versus Apple's version. Yeah. Like, can't we just all just get along? You nope. know, like these are APIs. <laughs> They're meant to work for a lot of different Ecosystems, things. Ecosystems, man. <clears throat> so hopefully that will come. Um, but yes, come. so they did add custom complications. Yeah. And just to finalize my sidebar here, the air conditioning, the guy <laughs> came by last night at 1040 for the second <laughs> night in a row. And we found the loose wire that was not turning the oh, compressor success. on. And we got the air conditioning working. And when I woke up this morning and inside my bedroom, it was 72 degrees and not 81. Those nine degrees make such a big difference. <laughs> I did not even realize it got that hot it was in this area. So oh, yeah. It it's not this area, though. You just have to drive two hours. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I was, just in, I was out in Martinez over the weekend. It was yeah. like 90 or 100 degrees uh, yeah. when I was out there. And then by the time I was on to San Francisco Peninsula, it was down to 70 or so. It's crazy. I feel like yeah. that water is just a giant heat sink. Yeah, no, I drove I drove Sunday afternoon from Walnut Creek to Oakland, which is a 15-mile drive. Just basically through the hills, and yeah. it went from 107 to 73. <laughs> Microclimates, baby. Microclimates. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No one realizes, no, no. <laughs> unless you live here. Unless you but live then here. I think um, bring it back to the watch. Yeah. One of the most interesting things, which could also be really important for temperature, was the uh, time travel. Yes. I keep wanting to say timeline because that's what Pebble is calling it. Um, yeah. That was what one of the things that really made me want to get the Pebble because mm-hmm. I was like, it's a timepiece. They're building their OS around timelines. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, the Apple is like, it's it's a watch piece that then also has these apps on it. Yeah. Um, but now they're bringing, it's definitely a different approach. And I'm curious to see, and I'm curious to hear from you guys what you think is better. To me, the main difference is on the Apple Watch, it's kind of a continuous thing where it's, and also it only works with your watch face. So you can kind of see into the future of like, oh, what the temperature is going to be maybe if I'm here or here. Forecasted. Yeah, what yeah. Uh, what events I might have coming up. Whereas on Pebble, it's more card-based where you're going to be going through a list of cards essentially either into the back or the fu- into the past or the future. Yeah. And um, to be clear, like with notifications, you do get like a card-based interface on the Apple Watch yeah. for your notifications and they do come chronologically. But this is specifically on the watch face. Yeah. You can scroll back and forth into time now, this actually does exist right now on the Apple Watch on the solar face. Um, when you are using that watch face, 
um, as you take the the digital crown, it will show you, it'll show up in the top right corner, like minus five minutes, minus an hour, plus five minutes, plus an hour, depending on how fast mm-hmm. you scroll it. And the really cool face, the one that shows the entire globe, it'll show you where you are on the globe and then how the sun is <laughs> shining on the globe at yeah. that exact moment or, awesome. in, or in the past and the future. That's like my demo the watch thing yeah. that I do <laughs> is like, like oh, you want to see how the sun is going to be positioned in four and a half hours? <laughs> Let me scroll through my watch and I can show you exactly. It's, it's really a pretty cool trick. And yeah. so seeing that come to all the faces and then adding in the complication support of, you know, like possibly like where the charge on your Volkswagen is going to be in a couple hours or where uh, where the temperature is forecasted to be. Yeah. Or uh, the joke that they made is like, well, we haven't figured out how to get stocks to work on this yeah, yet. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, I'll be curious to see how much work it is for developers to integrate that timeline support if it's even going to be supported for those third-party things they didn't explicitly say well, they showed the volkswagen one it did show the charge oh okay so, so i guess then we can assume so yes yeah, but i know assume. with pebble at least how it works is you have to actually it's actually like json requests yeah yeah so you're actually sending out json requests with the card data for this like future card or past card and i don't know i'm curious if on apple is actually going to be requesting stuff from developer servers like pebble or if it's just going to be some little algorithm that supports a time variable that you build into your complication. Yeah, I wonder. Um, yeah. So that could really, so I mean, and that's I think the crux of how different they are. Yeah, really uh, interesting. Did you have any thoughts about the watch, Julia? You know what, I actually don't have a watch <laughs> and I haven't really gotten a chance to, to play with them. Um, and I kind of feel really free. I feel like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Ain't but no I chains also, on me. Because <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm wearing a chain watch band, you can't see that, I have a chain. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I feel like the great thing about having a smartphone is that you don't need to wear a watch. So personally, yeah. Yeah. I haven't gotten so far that I want a watch and don't want my phone yet. It's funny that I, I like happen. it because it makes it so I don't have to pull out my wa- my phone nearly yeah. as much. Yeah, um, no, I'm sure. And I like wearing I mean, a watch. I'm, I'm not, like not going to lie. tied to my phone, but... You know, I have like small lady wrists, and so <laughs> I don't know if the watch would work. That on is that. a big problem because these, this just physically, Seriously. these things have to be big because they have so much stuff in At them. At Google I.O., they showed off a watch that was like the size of a bowling ball on someone's yeah. wrist. It was gigantic. Like, I just wouldn't want to wear that. You exactly. Know? Like, yeah. it, has to, it matters aesthetically, too. So totally. One day, but yep. right now, yeah. And that, that, is a big, that is a big hurdle with all these wearables making it so, and that's what Apple is trying to do, make the watch fashionable and yeah. functional. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, it's, and whether they succeeded, I mean, if you look at popular, popular culture and celebrities, it seems they've succeeded. Celebrities are wearing these things all over the place. But Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is like, you're not... Like let's say your Rolex or Timex or any mm-hmm. other watch, you're not making one product. Yeah, you're making a whole range of products so mm-hmm. that somebody can walk into a store or onto a website or however yeah. you sell your product and say, "This is the watch that makes sense to me." You know, like I want this black one or I want mm-hmm. this gold one or I guess Apple has a black. Apple's and a gold going one. after that, but yeah, I know what <laughs> you, you, know? Mean. Cliff, you know what I mean. Cliff like, wrote a Cliff wrote a great article about yeah, that yeah, yeah. and how like Apple's trying to do something for the first time, which is make something that they can sell for ten thousand dollars and for three hundred dollars and, and capture both those markets. But yeah. everything, all the face sizes are the same, right? They don't have differing. Face no, there's sizes. two different watches. There's a small and a large. Do you have the smaller or the this large? This is the Jake? big one. It's so the forty-two. Okay, and so there's they a do have a smaller one. Yeah, yeah. but it's okay. not much smaller. Not much smaller. Okay. Yeah, I actually got the thirty-eight for my wife and. It's a little, I feel like this one fits my wrist pretty well. The other mm-hmm. one, I have fat wrists. No, <laughs> You're just big boned. <laughs> I mean, everyone's No, but special. I do think I have like large wrists and uh-huh. the, the, the bigger ones definitely look better on my, hmm. on my wrist. Um, that being said, I have a, a, a Seiko watch and that one is a very small face. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just, it's all It's fascinating that Pebble only has the one size. And even though it's a lot simpler, it's still about the same size as the Apple Watch. I wonder if that's just because they don't have the money to make it smaller, essentially, the the mass power that Apple does with their uh, partners. Yeah. But that was Watch. I mean, does anyone else have anything? No, I think that's good. A couple things to touch on with um, OS X 10.11. Uh, the one thing that El I, Capitan, you El mean? Capitan, yeah. Si, senor. Um, El Best Cap- name ever. Oh, yeah. God. My friend was just tweeting like bro jokes about like OSX, bro douche, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> bro man, the yeah. watch, or the iOS. Yeah, El Cap is a pretty cool, like, Yosemite's a pretty special place. And Though the video that went with it was a little much, I thought. <laughs> yeah, they lay it on a little heavy sometimes. <laughs> um, from a developer's perspective, one thing that I found interesting um, was the... Um, the integration of um, QuickLook with more online services. 
Uh, once again, you know, like to say that Apple and Google aren't competitors, that's obviously a big lie, and that's for every single thing. And so, like, you know, they're a they're a competitor on products, they're a competitor on um, online services, and they're a competitor on desktop software. When Apple, when you do a search, um, and this exists now, I could do a search for, um, let's say, Gutenberg with Spotlight. Um, I will get back Wikipedia um, results, and I'll also get back suggested websites. All of those things are bypassing Google as a source of information. You're not Googling those products. You're spotlighting those search, spotlighting those terms, and using Apple's servers to give you results. Oh, really? So they're writing their own search algorithm. Yes, and so that's this, interesting. Yeah, yeah, and this is being expanded even further in 10.11 and LCAP, where they're going to give you more relevant search results and more relevant. I missed that. Yeah, and so I think this is a really big deal to think about. Mm-hmm. Is and that also plays nicely into their Siri stuff. Absolutely, with yeah, their no, yeah. more intelligent Siri, which is a direct competitor with uh, Cortana and the yes. other automated. Assistants. Yeah, so this is the same thing on mobile as it is on desktop mm-hmm. too. So there, how can how can Google or sorry, how can Apple eliminate Google from your life? Not <laughs> by providing a better search engine, but by providing a better service to users. You know, just in the way of the interface of the product, a more so, direct service. Uh, yeah, and a more direct service. So Let's cut them out. So kind of interesting. Yeah, um, yeah super interesting. The other, uh, the big one more thing, which was <laughs> just terrible. <laughs> it was a bit Everyone awkward. knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, everybody knew it was coming. Yeah, it was um, the announcement of Apple Music Beats. Beats one. Audio, Beats Audio Two, right? Um, <laughs> the ability to buy. Um, a streaming audio service mm-hmm. via Apple. I'm, I'm going to keep calling it Ping 2.0. Yeah, <laughs> I just I didn't even remember Ping until I read an online article. I was like, oh yeah, Ping. Ping. Yeah, I completely I forgot Ping. about that. Yeah. And then I was also I was googling. We were having a discussion about streaming music as a business model the other day, and mm-hmm. I googled it, and uh, I found an article from like two or three years ago that was talking about Beats streaming service, the original one before it got shut yeah. down and recreated into this. And you just, I forgot how much like that beats the head of thing. And then yeah. they're talking about another service that was, uh, that doesn't, I don't even know if it exists anymore. I don't know. Yeah. It's, there's Tidal now. Yeah. It's uh, a very saturated space. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if Apple Music's actually able to make a real dent. I mean, they will be on close to a billion phones, right? But at the same time, people who are loyal to Spotify are loyal to Spotify. Rhapsody has loyal use base users. Um, there are so many different products out there. There's Pandora, the radio options. So and it's premium only, which yeah. is a big. I mean, it's huge, huge deal. Title is premium only, right? Title's premium only, but Title's not doing great. Whereas yeah. Spotify, <laughs> Title's gonna go away. Really yeah. Soon. yeah. <laughs> well, Title is like that you know, kind of blew up in everyone's face. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Spotify, I mean, they've been able to get 20 million paid subscribers. That's a big deal. Yeah. But then they have 75 million who don't pay. So Yeah, exactly. And then Apple... And they help support the app still through ads. Exactly. Yeah. And to Apple's credit, though, they also have like a billion credit cards. You know, right. like they yeah, have totally. they have people that pay already. If they, anyone can do it, Apple can do it. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, Daft Punk was on board with Tidal. And if Daft Punk can't do it, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> They're robots. They should be able to do it. One thing that's super cool that some people have been talking about, but I don't think... I think it's actually a pretty big deal is that Apple Music will be available both for iOS and Android, Mm -hmm. um, which is such an interesting move because it shows that Apple really is thinking like trying to make money off of music itself and Mm -hmm. not just selling hardware, right? Like if they wanted to just sell more iPhones, they would have it be iOS only. Um, or it could be some people are saying, right? It could be like a Trojan ho- horse to sort of get on it pe- and people's Android phones and get them to switch. Yeah. But still, really interesting choice. And is, I'm not sure. Do you guys know? Is this the first time that that's happened? That there's been. Well, I mean, iTunes was on Windows. Yeah, right? iTunes on Windows. QuickTime. Not, not, not on, Android. on Android. Yeah, not on Android. Yeah. I thought they were released. I thought they were releasing a version for Android, though. Are they not? iTunes. Yeah. Well, that's what this music is. Yeah. That's coming right. out on Android. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But prior to this. They but prior to this, no, 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 no. Yeah. So yeah, it's really fascinating. And another, and just a sidebar, Apple Music for a sec. Another, did you know they also introduced the like switch to Apple app, mm-hmm. which so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like Apple, in addition to like wanting you to like buy into their services, their premium music products, they also released an Android app and a companion iOS app 
that will migrate all of your content from your Android phone to your mm. Apple device. Oh, well, then yeah. I think that kind of shows that they are hoping people will yeah, migrate. Yeah, totally. Clearly. This, yeah. is your, this is your contacts, your photos, your, yeah. your um, um, apps, which was really interesting. It'll line up all of your apps that are free in the iTunes store and download them all for you. And then your paid apps that, you know, your... Uh, you know, say you want Angry Birds or mm. whatever the kids are playing these days, um, it'll uh, find that app and then put it into a wish list in iTunes so that when you're ready to make that mm. purchase and you can buy the app again in the iTunes store. Is there iCloud support on Android? No. Well, what what de- define iCloud like, support? Like, you know, you can like see your, get your photos and stuff like that. Well, can so do I don't think iCloud photos would work on Android, but I would assume like your Apple Me, like your Mobile Me or your, yeah, you know, your iCloud uh, emails should work because it does make me wonder. I mean, as open. Apple starts rolling out more and more of these kind of monthly services like iCloud and music, I wonder if they'll ever kind of take an Amazon approach where you just pay one thing and you get everything. Well, you know, and a funny thing related to that, mm-hmm. I once heard that the best Chrome, the best Mac laptop that you can buy is a Chromebook. Mm-hmm. In that, all of your iCloud services like Pages, Keynote, Numbers, all of that stuff, including Photos, is all available via iCloud.com, and so like you can just load up Chrome and have have Keynote and have mm-hmm. all of that stuff for a $300 Chromebook instead of like a, you know, a thousand dollar. Yeah. Well, we, we haven't really heard about, I mean, that was like a big thing a few years ago. Everyone was like, everything's going to be a web service. And I, but now the walled gardens of the app store is kind of undoing that. Yeah. I still really like Chromebooks. I like, I like the minimalist approach. I've had a couple of them and I really like them, but, mm. but the problem is like, I need a full dev environment and you can't yeah. do that on a Chromebook very easily. The Pixel does look pretty nice and they're just, and they're just cheaper. I got a Pixel uh, from Google IO a couple of years ago and they are nice and they are good, but the trackpads are not that great on them, yeah. which is the complaint that I have for every other PC vendor <laughs> on the planet aside from Apple is nobody knows how to make a trackpad for some reason. Hmm. So Anyways. I've been on Apple so long. I know, when it comes right? to laptops, I don't even know. <clears throat> you know, I remember when I was going into high school or something, I was going to buy one of those like jelly colored. Ah, <laughs> uh, the G3 MacBooks? Like the or really, iBooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The really old ones. Um, and I never did, and I always regretted it. <laughs> I loved those computers. They were so great. My uh, nothing like that round mouse, that old Apple uh, round yeah. mouse. The G3. <laughs> the Pocky Puck. From the IMAX, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Well, yeah, anything else to say about music? I mean, looks like an interesting product. News. Um, well, the music. I think oh, the music. Yeah. Yeah, the music. Another oh, cool sorry, thing about yes. music was the uh, the social networking aspect, and also the Siri integration was actually my favorite part, where he was just like, "Play the top song from 1982." Totally. Like, that I, really got. Well, me going. and so once I'm again, that goes back to Apple data mining over yeah. Google. So just <laughs> totally. just keep that in it's mind. It's all secure. They said it's. They're not data mining. They're not yeah. mining your email. No, but they are. <laughs> I'm still curious to see how well Siri will work. Yeah. Even with the, with iOS nine. Yeah. I mean. For, I feel like Apple loves to tell like how great Siri is, but when I use yeah, it, I don't have that no. same experience as on stage. And I mean, especially ever. with music, especially <laughs> with, with music. And the more music, and the and the older, like every year, there's more and more absurd band names. Of course. Like, oh, get me play some churches with a V instead of a U. <laughs> Or my, oh, I've told my iPhone to play Totally Enormous Extinct Dinosaurs a couple times, and it it's <laughs> always butchers that into something that's not anything. Yeah. And you, it doesn't uh, understand acronyms, of course, which is normally how you'd say that kind of thing to a friend. But yeah. So, yeah, it's, there's still a lot to go on with that. I mean, there's other digital assistants out there, but I don't think any of them are that good yet. Yeah, it's interesting. The one other thing that I, that I thought was really interesting about music is how Apple... The other thing that was announced was their radio service, right? Mm -hmm. And they kept saying... Radio on the internet, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) A little Silicon Valley joke there. Revolutionary. Um, (laughs) uh, The thing that's really kind of interesting is they kept touting how important it was that they were creating curated playlists. Mm -hmm. Human curated. Human curated playlists. And I thought, well, that's so funny because that's exactly what Spotify is full of. Like, that's why I love Spotify. It's because I don't, like, listen to my music anymore. Like, I hit browse and then I'm like, what kind of mood am I in? Mm -hmm. I'm in the uh, kids and then kids (laughs) pop music. I've been hitting that playlist a bunch recently. But if they can do it better than Spotify, because some of the Spotify playlists are kind of weird. Some Um, of them, yeah, but some of them are really, really good. And it's like, I never know if I want, like, mellow electric or, like, chill out electric like it's like it can be hard the nice thing again with the spotify integration is you can just say like 
play me that song from that soundtrack sure and don't have to search for it you don't have to know the name yeah. and theoretically it should well, be good enough to, it took him two times on stage let's be yes clear. that is true <laughs> i yeah i don't uh, know so that is the dream though isn't it yeah i'm super like i don't know i'm super interested to see what the beats one radio station will actually be like <laughs> because the idea of having one worldwide station <laughs> for everyone to listen to at the same time like on the one hand, it sounds kind of amazing. We could all be sharing this experience at once. But sure. on the other hand, like it's the exact opposite of what yeah. we look for in the internet and from yeah. tech and from those streaming today. services. And the from whole point of those streaming services is what you want when you want it. Totally and individualized and based on you know an algorithm that chooses something for you. Sure. Yeah. Um, and something else that I saw that I think is really interesting is if Apple does if Beats One becomes really popular, it will have enormous enormous power over what becomes a hit song yeah. or yeah. what what radio. Um, what label gets the most power sure. and that's an incredible amount of power for Apple to have. Yeah. Um, I think that would really come down to the, the DJs and if the they DJs. have a breakaway success. Totally. I mean, I could, like Howard Stern, for instance, single-handedly saved Sirius mm-hmm. uh, from whatever. Well, I've never so used Sirius. But. What happens when Howard Stern goes to Beats 2? Yeah, or And something. what happens if, like, yeah. I, I think Beats 1 is the start. Totally. And yeah. Like, no, like right. BBC right. 1, BBC 2. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. like, that's exactly what I was thinking this whole time is, like, yep. Beats 1 is the start you know, of like a global pop radio station, mm-hmm. but what about Beats Two, Beats mm-hmm. Three, Beats Four? Yeah. Well, I guess it really is a Beats surf- Wired Web Monkey. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess Coming it is. Next year. It <laughs> is their first experimental step, and will it really? I guess I'm guessing that future will live or die by how popular it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, tons of cool stuff. I'm. They said three months for free. I'm definitely going to try it out. Yeah, I'll try that. That'll be out later this month too, June 30th. Because so. I'm yet to pay for a streaming service. I still just buy albums every once in a while. Um, I know Jake is a streamer, but I know I'm an increasingly rare breed. I don't meet many people who still buy music. Yeah. Um, and of course, online on Reddit, someone posted the video of Steve Jobs like 10 years ago being like, people want to own their music. Like if you have to pay $10, $10 a month over the course of 10 years to listen to a song, that's like thousands of dollars. People aren't going to do that. And no. it's just like, well, market's changed, Steve. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I see no point in owning music anymore. I love owning my music, but yeah. I have really crappy 3G, so (laughs) that might be part of it. (laughs) All right, well, let's move on a little bit. The other big highlight note for us was the announcement of Apple News. Um, This is a project that I've been working on for a little bit, and while a lot of this is still under NDA, we can definitely talk about a few of the key things that were talked about during the event and also a little bit about what we did behind the scenes to get it working. So let me ask you this. What do you guys think of this announcement? So I wasn't involved with Wired's um, participation in Apple News in any way, but being a media reporter, I've watched it very closely, and I do think that the newsreader being on millions and millions, hundreds of millions of phones could make a difference for the news industry. That being said, there are already are tons and tons of newsreaders, and Facebook, Twitter, even Google News to a certain extent are in their own right newsreaders that exist already. So it will be sort of interesting to see whether Apple News can really make a dent for publishers and for news consumers. But basically, it's a newsreader that Apple has created. We'll partner with publishers and let anyone to go on. And yeah, I don't know. What do you guys, what's your sense? I mean, I still remember when Google retreated from the RSS battles. And that was a sad day for me. I was a Google Reader user for a long time. I still cry. I moved to Feedly. I highly recommend Feedly for your RSS needs. But the idea of this Subscribe now to the WebMonkey podcast. (laughs) The idea of, of course, news and Flipboard and these other newsreaders is they kind of take that. Or Smart News is another really Mm -hmm. cool one, which I haven't used much, but it's really fascinating out of Japan. I might come back around to talk about that because that's what this reminds me of the most, actually. Um, But those are all aiming to make it more of a magazine experience, uh, like Wired. Um, It's really fascinating. I don't know if I would use it just because I do kind of just like the RSS read. I'm uh, readers. I'm just kind of more of a basic kind of. I just want the information, the headlines. Yeah. So interesting. Once again, when we talk about um, um, algorithm-based learning versus human-based, so this is another opportunity where, like, on one side of the stage, Apple was saying, "This is so important in music that we're curating music for you." And then here they are on the other side of the stage saying, this is so important that we're going to let computers yeah. <laughs> define content well, yep. for what really matches up with you. Like, yeah. I mean, the internet was the internet was pointing out that irony because a lot of the WWDC announcements were about automation and yeah. algorithms yeah. and, and uh, doing everything for you. And then out comes, what's his, the, Jimmy, the, Jimmy I, and he's like, we have people doing everything. Screw <laughs> algorithms. You don't need <laughs> algorithms. I think he said exactly and, like algorithm 
sometimes can't feel emotions or something yeah. like that. Um, and in the context of music, I guess that makes sense for now. I mean, Pandora is an algorithm and people at Pandora, but yeah. it's just, yeah, it, it was kind of a dissonant message um, there. Yeah. But with news, I don't know. I mean, smart news is really fascinating because it does something very similar. It, it, the idea is there is that it scrapes the data um, directly from the site. I don't know. The advertising thing is still a bit wishy-washy. For um, Apple News? For Smart News. Oh, for Smart uh, News, okay. For Apple News, it's actually very clear. They've said yeah. that all the ad revenue will go to the original publisher and then any remaining, rev any for remaining slots. For any revenue that you have sold directly, you will get 100% of the revenue. Yeah. For any unsold... That you, Apple then sells for then you. they will do 70-30 split Yeah, on 30. So that that is nice to have just right out front. And what on a flip, do. though, is you have but to... Smart News is still... is On a lot of these other services, the advertising question is still very large and looming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just my point that I was trying to make is iAd is also one of the big things that you have to use. Like, say you're at Wired, you know, we don't use iAd. We use, you know, all of our custom ad products that we use in-house, you know, Dart and mm -hmm. DFP and all of these different things. And so, like, we do have a sales team and we do have ads, but we now have to program all of our ads both for our website and then for Apple News if we were to show ads there as well. So... It's kind of an interesting. So, from what we know now, what is going to what is being asked of content producers? So, you can do two things. You can set. So, Apple has allowed anybody with an iCloud account to set up their own channel, um, to be determined whether or not anybody can sign up. There's obviously some kind of a vetting process um, to see if your content um, matches up to the terms which Apple will define. Uh, those terms have not been clearly defined yet. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, in their FAQ, they say, uh, follow our general brand guidelines. I would assume something along the same lines that they use for um, approving apps, you know? Yeah. Nothing that is, um, like, overtly... Um, obscene. Or, obscene you know, or... Uh, violent. Violent, vulgar, vulgar mm -hmm. stuff like and, that. And what's weird with the app developer review guidelines, there's actually a subsection that says, like, no, quote-unquote, objectionable content, mm -hmm. which I was talking to a lawyer, and she said, I mean, that could be used to pretty much yeah. ban anything, right? Well, to well there anything. were those, like, mini-games about, like, where you played a sweatshop laborer and an Apple, right, creating uh, Apple phones, and that got banned. That would be, quote-unquote, um, objectionable content for Apple. So maybe not for the would our Foxconn stories get banned then? Like, I don't know. Right, that's a big question. Um, and something that Apple will definitely have to grapple with a little bit if they want to play nice with publishers and, and readers, right? Readers are aware of these kinds of problems, too. And Julia, you tweeted, I think, some of the basic guidelines that they've already outlined and put out there. There's not many, there's not much technical yeah. guidance yet. Yeah, not much technical guidance, not much guidance for content creators either, but a little bit. And there's a hint already that um, one thing, so they had this, quote, news publishing guide that they released right after the announcement. And this, it includes some guidelines, and one of the things it includes is a disclaimer that readers who don't like a story and report it multiple times, the story and the channel, which is like where all the stories lie for one publisher, can be taken down. And that's sort of wow. an interesting decision to come out with so soon because, I mean, of course, if you're publishing something that's maybe unpopular but not a violation of free speech, yeah. people are not going to like that. Yeah, well, what happens with the next Gamergate? Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, like, you <laughs> your stories just get banned left and right. Yeah, totally. You want people to be able to publish popular speech and unpopular speech. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see um, exactly what role Apple plays there. Yeah. One of the things that's interesting to is um, not totally clearly defined, like social integration, um, mm -hmm. Not totally to clearly totally. defined um, analytics. So, mm -hmm. like, as oh. a publisher, are we going to yep. be able to see how many page views we got? Yeah. Um, will it will it drive traffic back to our to the original website, yep. or will it stay within news? Is That's another a question. Huge question I have yeah. because if it stays within news, that completely changes the dynamic that. Yeah. publishers have. With well, like right now it will. Parties. Like that's what it'll do right now is mm -hmm. it'll just stay within I mean, that makes more sense. It's a view inside of news. That seems yeah. much more Apple-y to me. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Keep things yeah. keep things linear and integrated and consistent. Yeah, I do know this, that there is a deep leaking structure that you can do. So you can also link between different news stories. Mm -hmm. You can also provide links that um, link out. And so it'll open up a web view and you can see the web view for whatever you're looking at. But um, I think for the most part, they want you to stay inside of news right. and use that. Yeah. So I know that with podcasting and with other, um, say, apps, there's there's a bevy of rich analytics and tools that Apple can provide. Mm -hmm. And so we'll just you know we'll see what happens with Apple News. But I'm really yeah. kind of curious. To but see that this. will. I mean, I'm guessing analytics will probably be another custom Apple thing that oh, yeah, will be totally. demanded of developers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think related to this is they're closing newsstand. Yeah. 
is that, I mean, and for us, that's kind of a big deal. I mean, we've had, we were one of their flagship newsstand apps with the wired tablet app. Yeah. Um, still not sure what's going to happen with that. I don't know internally what the plan is. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the apps will still continue to exist, but they'll probably just exist as a standalone app rather mm -hmm. than, you know, inside of inside of newsstand, which after about a year of newsstand is what Apple was really pushing developers to do anyways. Hmm. There was two ways to build an app as a newsstand app. It, would, it just took a couple custom things in your bundles to make newsstand oh, okay. apps. And so you could just instead say, I want to build this as an app. So it won't be too than, hard for us no, to just... It, it, there. Sh it should be because I mean I, I guess we should, I should make clear the web team is not involved in no, any way not. with the tablet version of the wired uh, yeah. magazine. That's all done through a custom program provided by Adobe. Yeah, it, it will be sort of interesting to see though, um, you know, how many people end up reading on Apple News because newsstands for even though I personally like using newsstand, I don't use it very often. And, I, and if since they're moving away from newsstand to Apple News, seems like a pretty good indication that newsstand didn't really pan out the way they were hoping mm -hmm. it would. Um, and it's curious if Apple News will have the same fate, you know, end up in that you know, it's, bin. It's one of the same problems that I think that, one of the big problems that they had with newsstand originally was the, the, the payloads for uh, like say a magazine were just so high. Mm -hmm. Like totally. an issue of Wired um, when it was delivered could be somewhere, but uh, I used to work at Make Magazine and like I remember one time when, when we did our first newsstand, it was like 800 megabytes. If you have a 16 gig iPad, that's a lot of yeah. storage mm -hmm. on your it's iPad. It's all those big images. Yeah, yeah it's big images, Videos. it's movies, yeah. it's yeah. like Audio. we were doing um, Carousel, um, not Carousel, but like um, 3D, um, we built this like 3D camera rig so we could like um, put an image and then it would rotate it. So on our iPad app, you could like pan through an image and get a 3D rotation hmm. of, the, of a model. Um, and so those are just huge payloads. And so I think what Apple is really trying to do here, much like Facebook with their instant articles, is say, how can we deliver a streamlined version of an article or even like an entire magazine and make it so that the bundle that is required to be downloaded is extremely tight and it's mm -hmm. very lightweight and make it so that it's easy to deliver. But to still looks user. good. But still looks really good. Because, I mean, that's, that's very core to Apple and Wired, which I think is why... It made it such a natural connection to put us in the flagship in both these cases. Yeah, totally. And that's that's one of the things that they showed off right away is they launched the Rashida Jones article yeah. and they said, you know, this looks like Wired. And then they swiped and they said, this looks like the New York Times. Yeah. They, swiped they had again. our fonts, everybody. They, they had I don't fonts. know how they did it, but they got our <laughs> fonts, which is super important. Yeah. And then they swiped and like, this looks like Bon Appetit. And it was, yeah. it really did. And I mean, that's, that's a really big selling point. So like Flipboard is great because it does provide a, a curated experience, a uh, an experience mm. that you curate, right? But this is really nice because it allows the both the look, the feel, the content, everything to match. And that um, is more important to the publishers and the advertisers at the end of the day. Absolutely. And and I mean, if users, if they can get at least some users, I mean, it doesn't matter really. I mean, if Flipboard doesn't give you that look, then advertisers are going to be less attracted to that. Yeah. Though, to be fair, Facebook Instant is doing the same thing. Absolutely. So it would be curious to see. And Facebook already has, right, 1.4 billion users yep. with all their friends, all the infrastructure for sharing is already there. So, so be, what is Facebook Instant exactly? So Facebook Instant was released a couple of weeks ago, I, I believe, maybe around a month ago. And it's almost the same thing. So you in, within your Facebook feed, on mobile only on mobile, right now. Yeah. If you click on certain stories that are partners right now with Facebook, so stories from publishers that are partners with with Facebook, it will load like significantly faster. And when you oh. test it, it actually makes a huge difference. So it's like and a news a news yeah. uh, what's news feed thing, but it's mm -hmm. yeah. loading in, instead of an, instead of a web view within it's, Facebook. It, okay, and it yeah. looks and feels just like same same kind of concept. It looks and feels like it, and also like it has embedded video, Ooh. has embedded etc. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. Only launched right now with nine hmm. partners, but Facebook has told me that they plan to open it up to, you know, all publishers once they've gone through this sort of like alpha and beta testing. And yeah. then there's, is there's an API kind of like news, I imagine, that these publishers have to conform I, to? I don't know the details of that, but I imagine that it will work yeah. similarly. Mm -hmm. hmm. So, I mean, frankly, I think that there's going to be a little bit of a competition between Facebook and Apple here, which is yeah. interesting because they don't usually go head to head. I mean, no. yeah. 
they're sort of partners. Odd, yeah, they're partners. They're, they're yeah. Until odd. Apple VR comes out, <laughs> <laughs> and then everything will change. And then the gauntlet is down. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's I mean it sounds like there's a WordPress plugin that we need to develop, Jake. Yes, yeah, to support all oh, these new news frameworks. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> no one will go to our website anymore. Yeah, Yoast is, is going to have their work cut out for them. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, super fascinating. I think it'll be, you know. You know, if if every single phone and tablet launches news once, you know, that's billions of page views, you know. So, like, there's certainly opportunities for this to be a huge success for Apple. Um, There's certainly opportunities for this to be a huge success for publishers, you know. And so I think it's just a gamble that, you know, that we're willing to take right now and say, like, let's get in bed with Apple on this project because we think it'll deliver some some great returns for us. I'm so. definitely more. I'm definitely more interested in this than Apple Music. I will say because the music streaming space is just so saturated, and no. And there's people who've already are, who are already doing it really, really well. Mm-hmm. Whereas totally. I think news is still something that has yet to be cracked and and really solved at that kind of Apple level of perfection. Yeah. So let me ask you this: What's the first app that you open every day? Rise. It's our alarm, alarm clock. Does that not count? Because I mean, it's, a, it's literally the first app because it wakes me <laughs> that up. That doesn't count. That's true for me too, but that yeah. doesn't count. Uh, normally, Instagram or, or BBC News. Yeah. Just I'm embarrassed. It would have to be Twitter or email, which is so embarrassing. That's <laughs> no, not embarrassing. I say for me, it's Facebook. Facebook. You know, like that's the first thing I check every day. So, like, seeing news bundled in Facebook makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I I think it makes a ton of sense. And I think that these these are like habitual things, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm. to get yeah. a habit to change for a new app is going to be a tricky thing for Apple. So uh, like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, you know, I like, feel like the algorithm has to be really, really good. Like well, and yeah, the algorithm I think has to be good. And then at the same side, the content needs to match up, right? Totally. Like if it's just a rehashed article yep. that somebody shared on Facebook, like I'll read it in Facebook, right? Yep. Yep. But if I'm it's totally like... Right. like if there's a compelling reason to go to Apple News over just going to like wired.com, you know, like, I think we'll, time, yeah. time will, we'll come back on this topic in a year. I'm sure you all, yeah. We'll probably talk about this again when it launches officially and we have documentation to discuss. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Interesting. Well, I think that's pretty cool for WWDC. Um, next up on the WebMonkey podcast. One more thing. <laughs> no. These <laughs> are Friday faves. Um, this is an opportunity. Three more things, sorry. Is, this is an opportunity where we uh, take something cool or something that we've found interesting or something that we want to share on the WebMonkey podcast for you, our faithful listeners. Um, just Do one of you guys have a Friday fave today? Friday faves. <laughs> Got to do our theme. Yeah. That's our jingle. I'm making it happen. I'm making it happen, Jake. You can't stop me. Yeah. Where's that bell? There is the bell in yeah, here earlier. Yeah, there is a bell here. I, I didn't realize that was actually in the magazine because there was yeah, yeah. a thing about podcasting and that's why it was in here. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Hmm? Spoiler alert. That issue's already out. No, it's in the next one. Nope. That's in the... It was in the ILM issue. Oh, you're right. Anyways, uh, Friday Faves. You want to go first, Julia? Um, no. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> Ouch. Thrown right back in my face. I wanted to talk... There's a lot. I was, I've been watching a lot of anime still because uh, my cable box is broken and I can't watch... I'm, so I haven't been really watching Game of Thrones, sadly. Just been watching a lot of anime. But instead of telling you about more anime, I'm going to tell you about Massive Chalice, which is a video game I kickstarted ages ago from Double Fine. Uh, it's a turn-based strategy game, kind of like XCOM. Um, it's really fun. There's like turn-based strategy where you're fighting these monsters, but everything in the game revolves around time because you're essentially you have this these families that you're controlling, and they're having kids that inherit different strengths and weaknesses. And over hundreds of years, you like raise their children and make them good fighters, and then you send them in, and then you marry them off or put them in the church or whatever to get you buffs. And it's really fun. There's enemies that when they hit your guys, they'll age them, and you know you're after a certain age, your guys get weaker or die or wow. all these things. It's really fun. Uh, What's it called? Massive Chalice. Massive Chalice. And I, I haven't played it since the beta, so I'm really looking forward to playing the f- game now that it's complete. Nice. Um, have you ever played the XCOM board game? No, but I've seen it, and I, I'm still a little nervous about a board game that relies on an iPad to work. Yeah. <laughs> so at KublaCon a couple weeks ago, one of my friends that I went with, he, he brought the game with him, and we were hanging out... At, this is about 12.30 at night. We're all exhausted. We've been playing games all day. 
And he busted out the board game. And he's like, hey, do you guys want to do a little – do you guys want to play this game? And I'm like, no. (laughs) I'm so tired right now. And he's like, well, let's just like do a little introduction and just see how it goes. An hour later, we haven't finished the first turn. Oh, my God. And It looked very complicated. It's super complicated. The iPad guides you through it. But then like what happens when the app gets out of date? I mean they're going to have to make a web app version or something for the long haul or else the game will just be useless in two or three years. I was like zonked out. He was like, all right, now so turn two cards over and I'm like, will you just do this for me? <laughs> like, I'm not actually, I'm not actually playing right now. So just if you want to play this, you can play it by yourself. But I'm not actually. Gonna play it. I, if you like XCOM, I highly recommend Massive Chalice. Ma- XCOM frustrated me after a while because the UI in the video game was just something was it was a little broken. You couldn't tell if you're going to be able to hit guys when you move places or if they're going to be able to hit you. Massive Chalice, Massive Chalice fixes all that and gives it this kind of cool medieval alternative skin and the thing with like growing your players and your bloodlines is really motivating and really interesting. If you, for instance, if you marry off two people who both have asthma, then their kids are probably going to get asthma, which means if they <laughs> sprint one turn, they're not going to be able to run very far the next turn. Um, and all, and they have, you can have people who are revelers, who which, and they'll often show up to fights hungover. You find enjoyment in this game. Yeah. It's really cool for you. What, you don't like it? <laughs> Just kidding. It's cool. You're like, there's asthma scenarios. <laughs> well, there's also good things, like there's people who are like vengeful and stuff. The asthma is just a really funny one. Yeah, I, yeah, I, it's yeah, just yeah. a really clever idea. Like if yeah. you have guys who can sprint and then they're like, oh, and they can't really move the next turn. It's really funny. That's really funny. <laughs> um, my Friday Fave today is a podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to, and it's called The Year of Polygamy Podcast. It's a good friend of mine named Lindsay Hanson Park who has been blogging for a long time and um, a year ago, more than a year ago, decided to start up a new podcast to um, document uh, the history of polygamy here in the United States. And it is a fascinating, fascinating Hmm. podcast. And you might think, oh, that's probably like three or four hours of really good content. She is about ready to do her 100th episode. Oh, my God. These have all been an hour plus long. And it's just been totally fascinating. And so... The 100th episode is going to be recorded uh, the last week of June sometime. But uh, check out yearofpolygamy.com if you're into uh, polygamy, if you're into <laughs> history, if you're into uh, just crazy stuff. It's it's just been totally fascinating. So is each, is, is it like... Is each episode based chronologically or yeah. regionally, or uh, mostly has it chronologically? Down? There's a couple oh, yeah. things that are out of order chronologically, um, like um, and it's only in the U.S. Yeah, for the most part, hundred hours of content. Wow. Yeah, it's it's mostly about Mormons and okay. about yeah, I can imagine. and and then the uh, fringe groups that kind of spurred off of the Mormon groups, and yeah. it's just been super fascinating. And so, like, I'm from Utah. I was raised Mormon, and so <laughs> like. It's a little fringy, but I, it's just been super fascinating to read. And, like, where, where I lived in Utah, there was a ton of polygamists all around us. So, like, learning about different groups and their ideals and mm-hmm. how they broke off of each other. and Big love house style. Big love. And, yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah it's all of that. It's just hmm. been super fascinating. So that's my Friday fave today. Do you have one, Julia? Um, sure. So I come sort of unprepared to Friday faves, but <laughs> I'm really excited to right now, I'm really excited and waiting to listen to the next episode of the podcast Startup, which you guys may already know. It's pretty course, popular, yeah. but I'm going to shout out to it anyway because I'm obsessed. And this season, they are looking at a dating service and tra- seeing the ups and downs yeah. of how it works and sort of it's sort of like the behind the scenes of a startup and like all the things you never knew or if you've had you know started a startup yourself probably all the things you never wanted anyone else to know um and it's kind of this emotional journey and i'm really into it just because i've never started a company myself um but check it out it's called startup it's from gimlet media and it's probably already too popular, but I'm a fan. <laughs> it's okay if it's popular. They yeah, it. it's, it's really actually, and they're like really funny and great and yeah. know what they're doing. Yeah, it's really <laughs> good. Oh, one more thing. I'm going to add another Friday fave, and that's the Deep Web movie. Um, oh, yeah, have you seen that? Yeah. This. Cool. It was super good. Um, I watched it legally, and I say that with air quotes. Um, <laughs> but it was really good. It's a it's the story of the Silk Road, Ross Ulbricht, mm-hmm. um, and Wired Zone, Andy Greenberg. Yep, yep. Um, it's really kind of cool because there was a ton of reporting from like the Wired home in New York at One World Trade Center, and just following around to his arrest here in San Francisco. I mean, just a really fascinating story. Um, we've done some great articles on Wired.com 
Um, and the Silk Road piece was really good. Yeah, the Silk Road really piece solid. was just amazing. Was that in Was that in the magazine? Yeah, yeah. it was in the magazine. The last two issues, two yeah. part series, yeah, in the magazine. two part series in the magazine too. So, yeah, check that out on the newsstand. Check it out online, uh, or check out the Deep Web movie. And um, the tech team will all be at NodeConf this weekend. Yes, totally. So if you're there, we hope to see you. Um, we're still not sure really what's going to happen at that conference, but it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's an unconference, so that means we get to put it together when we get when we get oh, there. Oh yes, I'll be bringing board games I'm and gonna, a giraffe kigurumi. I'm going to do introduction to underwater basket weaving. That's what I'm hoping to sign up for a summer camp here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we should sign off. Um, thank you for joining us today. Once again, my name is Jake Spurlock. Um, you can find me online on Twitter or Facebook or GitHub. My username is Why is Jake? Why is Jake on Facebook? Why is Jake on Twitter? Why is Jake at gmail.com? That's what it started from. <laughs> Anyways. Um, ben. I'm ben Churlin. You can find me, every all my social stuff through www.benchurlin or benjaminchurlin.com. Uh, if that's not working like it was earlier, because and it says error database connection because I have to reboot the server, <laughs> just send me a tweet at twitter.com slash benchurlin. That's C-H-I-R-L-I-N. Yes. Cool. And I'm Julia Greenberg. Thanks so much for listening. You can find me at Twitter at, at Julia underscore Greenberg or shoot me an email if you want to chat. Julia underscore Greenberg at wired.com. Um, yeah. And just look me up. Love to <laughs> talk to you. <laughs> if you have any like awesome pitches or if yeah. you, have any, like... you have a story that you think no one will cover, I want to hear it. Yeah. Send me an email. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thanks for joining us today. And thanks, Julia. Appreciate you coming and taking time out of your day. Totally. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, cool. Uh, signing off. We'll see you guys next week. Awesome. Thanks, guys. That was really fun. Was that good? Sorry for, like, all the drama. No, no, no. I did not that mean was... to be dramatic. No, no that, was fine. <laughs> that was totally fine. <laughs> I understand. And I'm glad it's I'm glad it's resolved. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's totally yeah. cool. Um, when does it go up? Um, hopefully tomorrow. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh, awesome. Do it today. Yeah. yeah, normally we do it on Friday, but I'll do it tomorrow. And so do you edit it down, or, like, how does that work? I'll cut out all the crap crap, but for okay. the most part, we'll just crap, crap. let it go. It'll be more or less like that? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. I would, if you ever need um, perspective again <laughs> on like news type stuff, let me know. I am, I unfortunately didn't know that much about like you know the app, the yeah, the good. watch and stuff, but but news is my thing. Seventy eight minutes. Yeah. Well, we were.